This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 7.33 on this Saturday morning. You've likely heard the reports or the the, uh, news updates here to fall back tonight to remember to put the clocks back when you go to bed. Although for the most part, I think with our smartphones and such, they do it on their own. You might have to do uh, the one on your stove or if you have a bigger clock in your home. Uh, But the bigger question to me is, does this have an impact on our health? We tend to focus more on this when we spring forward. And everybody uh, moans a bit about losing the hour of sleep. But do we really gain an hour by falling back tonight when we go to bed? Well, Dr. Sean Spacey is president of the Canadian Headache Society, also a headache and migraine expert at UBC, and joins us on the line. Good morning to you. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Is it a myth that uh, we gain an hour of sleep and, and it's all great till we get extra sleep when we fall back? Yes, it's, it's curious that uh, changes in um, uh, associated with daylight savings time actually uh, are related with health problems. And it's not just the lack of sleep. Uh, actually, an extra hour of sleep uh, can, can also cause health problems, specifically headaches. And what does it do to us that causes the headaches? Well, it's, it's, uh, the daylight savings time, um, affects our circadian rhythms, which are mediated by an area of the brain called the hypothalamus. And, uh, there's two other, uh, two types of headaches, uh, migraine headaches, which affect about 20% of the population, and, uh, a, a more uncommon form of headache called cluster headache, uh, which affects about 2.5% of the, of the population. And both of these headache types, um, seem to occur more frequently, um, when we make those changes related to daylight savings time. Now, it's, it's not clear why. Both of these conditions, um, uh, the hypothalamus plays a role in the disease, uh, in the disease process. In the, the hypothalamus we see is activated on functional MRI, um, in the prodrome, the warning phase of migraine, and we see it's activated in the pain phase in the cluster headache. And so we think that it's, uh, this disruption in the hypothalamus um, related to the changes in our circadian rhythms with the changes in the light that somehow um, trigger this increase in headaches this time of year. And is it is it that we all need eight hours of sleep or that any disruption can, can cause problems? Or is it more personal and more individual than that? It's certainly more personal and individual. So not all migraineurs or all cluster headache patients will notice that their their headaches are triggered this time of the year, um, but some you know some certainly are, and uh, and but they're tr- they're they're triggered by often any kind of time change. So when I have a patient to my office, I always tell them to go to bed the same time every night, wake up the same time every morning, whether it's a weekday or weekend, because. Um, sleeping in on a weekend, having too much sleep, can just as much uh, trigger uh, these headaches as having too little sleep. So seeing this phenomena when we get that extra bonus hour of sleep uh, on this particular weekend, um, it, it fits in with, uh, um, with this idea of these patients needing the same amount of sleep um, nightly. And are there other factors that can perhaps offset the negative part of, of um, 
interrupting your normal sleep pattern, uh, whether it's exercise or diet? Well, uh, in, in migraineurs, it's very important that they have, uh, they eat very regularly, typically every four hours, that they exercise a minimum 30 minutes a day. It's very, uh, they very much need to be on a, a routine so that they're, they have the same routine every day. So for my patients this weekend, unfortunately, um, they can't indulge in that extra hour. And what I would advise to them is instead of, um, if they were to wake up, say they normally wake up at 7 every morning, and instead of waking up on 7 this Sunday, which would give them the extra hour, to set their alarm clock for 6.15 and to get up at 6.15 for the next couple of days, then 6.30, then 6.45, and then they can get back to their regular 7 o'clock wake-up. And so making that time change just a bit more gradual. Do we know what, what causes migraines or why some people get them? It's very heterogeneous and varies from person to person. So we, uh, we know there are genetic factors. Patients who've had head injury uh, are also more susceptible to migraines. So this seems to lower the threshold for migraines. And then there are uh, other variables that can uh, trigger them. So changes in barometric pressure, winter on the West Coast can be a very difficult time for migraineurs. Um, so changes in barometric pressure can, can trigger it. Uh, you know, changes in, in heat um, and, of course, uh, sleep. Uh, so that there are there and, and and certain dietary triggers as well. So they're quite variable depending on the individual. Hmm. And can people who don't even have a history of migraine or headache can they be affected by sleep, or or, or are they affected perhaps more by sleep than they know? Well, um, most <laughs> migraine is remarkably an underdiagnosed, uh, uh, and so uh, if somebody is finding that that they are getting headaches related to disruption in their sleep, they may in fact be migraineurs. Hmm. And at what point does somebody need to seek medical help? Well, you know, uh, many patients who have migraine, they're able to uh, treat their migraines with, you know, Advil or Tylenol, over-the-counter medications. But if these are frequent and disturbing people's quality of life, or it's disrupting their ability to perform their 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 uh, tasks at home or at work, then those are the people who need to go in and see their family doctor uh, because there are medications that can help reduce the frequency uh, and also the intensity of these headaches. Uh, so to make the best of the time change when we go to bed tonight, what would your, be, what your advice, uh, would it be similar to what you said about people with migraines to ease into it? I think that's the best thing. I mean, most, most of us are going to be able to enjoy that extra hour, but uh, m- m- the migraineurs who know they're sensitive to the, the changes in sleep, just to make that, that um, they're, ch- they're sensitive to ch- um, the amount of sleep they get, just to make that change a bit gradual over this, the, the upcoming week. Uh, because I think there's the temptation as well for a lot of people to stay up an extra hour knowing that when you go to bed, you're going to make it up. <laughs> yes, that too. Uh, of course, um, you know, for the, most, most migraineurs n- normally wouldn't do that if they, uh, if, if they knew they were um, sleep time sensitive. But uh, yes, you know, uh, 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 but I, I, I think tonight they, they, they're best to resist that temptation. All right. Does it matter to what you eat or drink close to when you go to sleep? Uh, so, it, um, you know, 
eating and drinking, um, of course, dehydration can be a trigger for migraine. Um, eating infrequent meals and skipping uh, skipping meals uh, can be big triggers for migraine. But in terms of preventing that headache that might occur tomorrow, um, the best thing to do is keep well hydrated and get up a little bit earlier tomorrow. All right. Excellent advice. Uh, Dr. Spacey, thank you so much for joining us and uh, bringing us up to speed on this. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.